Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. I might get you with like a really good joke. It makes you laugh hard. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I am Dory. Hit record a little early or a little BTS where I was like, what if I was so funny that you laughed? <laughs> Wife was not into it, as you heard. And I said. Nothing. nothing. She said not literally nothing. I said, hmm, yeah, that'll happen. Anyway, <laughs> uh, welcome to the program. It's uh, great to have you back. Spring has sprung. The Magnolias lining Augusta. National Golf Club are out in force. The Red Sox have lost two games to the Yankees. Yikes. And thusly, summer is around the corner. How many hot dogs do you think you will eat this summer? I don't think many at all because of the fact that I keep not being able to find hot dogs. Mm. I looked today at Sprouts with Henry. 
Yeah, they used to have hot dogs that you liked. They, now it's just like a bunch of beef frankfurters. Wow. Not the same thing. Wow. Rude. I mean, I don't know why I count Costco hot dogs because they're all beef also, but. You know, it's funny you say that. Someone actually wrote in about that this week. Oh, well, yeah, I think they count They count on their own sort of like, on their own merits of being so cheap. Ah. They're fifty. Yeah. And that comes with, that's with a 20 ounce soda. Whoa. That yeah. is really cheap. It's incredible. That's very cheap. It's like a loss leader for them, I think. Oh, for sure. Like uh, the rotisserie chickens. Like their rotisserie chickens. For those that don't know what we're talking about, Costco makes a lot of things that don't make them money, but get people in the door, so they spend a ton of money, and thusly make them money. They're called loss leaders. <laughs> it's kind of brilliant. Yeah. I mean, look at the dinners that we had, which were $15 or so. They... I mean, if we were a family of 12, they would have been. <laughs> yeah. They were enormous. We did not even come close to finishing either of them. Yes. And I think that that's just part of the charm of the Costco warehouse or wholesale club, I guess we're calling it. Look, I get it. But yeah, Henry had his first Costco hot dog, everybody. his por- per- He had a portion of one. I was not there to witness this. You were... You were... Where was I? Busy doing podcast stuff because I had Henry in the morning. Oh, right, right, right. When Hillary was sick. Yeah. Yeah. So That's right. I had Henry in the morning, so I had to make up some reason to go to Costco. Mm-hmm. And then we went to go. I was like, let's get golf balls. And then, of course, <laughs> we go to the business center. And they don't sell golf balls there. Oh, my goodness. So we had to go to a second Target. I mean, Target. Costco but the, at the first Costco I was like do you, I was like Henry do you want a hot dog and he's like yeah <laughs> and then I asked him what he wanted on it he's like ketchup wow and, and he loved it I mean I ha- he had half of it yeah and then why did I put yellow on his oh mustard yeah I took, mm. I took the other half <laughs> <laughs> wow okay but he, he you know and he always likes to hold the Costco receipt. So especially now, especially with the interaction where someone checks the receipt and writes. On oh, it. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal for him. So when I took a picture of him holding the receipt and the hot dog, it looked like he was like trying to show proof of life. Oh, my gosh. It was pretty cute when you sent me that picture. Yeah. So for I those of you say. who want to see the picture, follow the Excellent Adventure Instagram. Just kidding. <laughs> that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, everyone. All right. Uh, so what's new with you this week? What is new with me this week? <sighs> Not really, a ton. It really feels like we're settling in for some sort of porch style conversation here. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, we had our, we, we signed our consent forms. Yes, we consented. We consented. To transferring 400 embryos <laughs> at the same time. Um, Matt still has to get all his tests done. I had to get blood work. So. When are you going to do that? Early this week, I think, probably Tuesday. Okay. So let's check that off. Um, and then, and then you know, we'll go for your water test. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Uh, again, like a test I've never heard of that she has never mentioned before. <laughs> Suddenly, 
it's urgent that we do this water test that she was not concerned about the last time we did a transfer. I mean, maybe it's like a post having a baby thing. But we did a transfer a year ago. Oh, right. And she did not bring up the water test. Maybe they were out of water then. I, I mean, look, I'm I'm happy to like make sure that my uterus is in optimal condition, but like it is like bizarre that there just always seems to be like a thing that we've well, never heard of. It's like, let's test this. Let's, you know, it's like bringing your car into the shop. And like, do I need find, my tires they're realigned? They're like, here's a thing you need that you didn't know you needed, nor did we really decide you needed until now. It's just like, what? Okay, I guess. Sure. <sighs> so, I mean, I'm not clear on what it is. Neither You're, am I. Like they shove water up your uterus? I guess. I don't sure know. Make sure everything opens up the way it's supposed to? Sure. I was like, is it is it the HSG? And she was like, no. <laughs> Some other test. I don't know. Look, I'm looking forward to you getting it. You are? Yeah. Why? Because then that'll be one more thing off the list. Yeah. <laughs> um... And we're still waiting for them to retro mosaic some embryos. Yeah. But in the meantime, I think we know, you know, I guess it, things could change depending on the result of that retro mosaic. Right now we have- Minimally, we're transferring two, two embryos. Two embryos. Two high-level mosaic embryos. Um, Henry, do you want to do the podcast? <laughs> oh, boy. Here he comes. Hey, Henry. I don't think he can hear you. Oh, he can. Oh. He's he's peering around the corner like, why is Dita talking? How can I hear Dita? Oh. Does he want to do Henry, the Henry, come in the office. Henry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's see let's see if Henry has any thoughts on this water test. Okay. Hi, Henry, come in. Come on in, Henry. Can he open the door? Oh well, Holly can. <laughs> You can you can open the door. You can come in. Watch your little nose, bud. Hey, bud, do you want to you want to hop on the podcast for a second? Um, I did so much. You want to do it so much? Yeah. I did so much. How do we do it so much? Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, all right. Here's an early podcast appearance. Usually we save it for the back end. I uh, can put the headphones on Henry. Okay, bud. You talk to Dita now. Okay. Hello. Hello. Uh, so, Mama has to take a water test. You know what a water test is? Hmm. Yeah. What is it? Hmm. Do you think they just put Mama in some water? Yeah. Or do they make her drink a bunch of water? Make her drink a bunch of water. Oh, I see. So, they're going to make her drink a bunch of water. And do you think Mama can drink the most water? Yeah. Can you drink more water than Mama? Yeah. How much water can you drink? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe zero. Zero? That's not a lot at all. What time is your favorite time to drink water? Um, seven two two. Seven twenty-two a.m. Yeah. Okay. And you like to you like to get up at that time? Yeah. 
And then what? What do you do in the morning typically? Hmm. What's the first thing you like to do in the morning after you get out of your crib? Blow bubbles with your mouth? <laughs> That's what you're doing right now. Do you like to make breakfast? What's your favorite breakfast? Um, Tandan. Tandan? Tandan? That's not a breakfast. Do you like French toast? Um, yeah. Do you like regular toast? Yeah. Which one do you like more? Um, regular toast. Oh, surprising. How about, do you like pancakes or waffles? Regular pancakes or blueberry pancakes? A regular pancake. So you're a simple, simple man. What do you like to watch, Mickey or Super Wings? Um, I'm Super Wings. Super Wings? <laughs> Who's your favorite Super Wing? Huh? Do you have one? Um, yeah. Who is it? Hmm. Uh, how Mama and Dita and Henry talk through that. Mama and Henry and Dita talk through that. Well, Mama, can you say something through that so Henry can hear you? Hello, Henry. How do how you do it? You are doing it. You're talking into the microphone. Boom, boom. <laughs> can you hear yourself? Oh yeah, he can hear himself. All right. Well, Henry, I want to say thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for giving us insight into how much water you think Mama can or cannot drink. And thank you for sharing all of your breakfast needs and desires. You didn't even ask him about cereal or eggs. Well, he didn't seem... He didn't seem interested in talking about cereal. Mm. Henry, do you like cereal? Um, yeah. What kind of cereal do you like? Um, uh, some yellow cereal. Yellow cereal? Like corn pops or kicks? Um, corn pops. <laughs> when does he have corn pops? <laughs> he had some this morning. What? There was a very little amount left in the box, and I was like, here, if you want some. Less than a handful, young lady. Look, if you were awake, you could have stopped it. Mm, I'm awake with him every weekday morning. Except for Saturday and Sunday. Those are weekdays. Those are days of the week. Mm. All right, bud. All right, Henry. Thank you for being on the show. Do you have anything you'd like to promote before you leave? Where can people find you? Um, be hiding in your house. Okay, you can find Henry hiding in his house, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be sure to check out your new podcast. Oh, and your water. Okay, we're, you're gonna get your water, but I'm trying to get you untangled. <laughs> He's tangled in some okay. headphones. Oh boy! Oh, okay. Wow, that was a great, water. great special guest. There you go. What a way to kick off the show. Thank you so much. Henry, you're a gentleman and a scholar. 
Bye bye, Henry. All right. Wow. What a guest. Wow. He had a lot of, you know, a lot of things to say. A lot of opinions. A lot of single word things to say. Yeah. 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 You, I mean, you really kept the conversation moving. Well, I tried to really just get in there, you know, yeah. and like know him. Yeah. I yeah. wanted everyone to figure out what Henry's all about. What makes him tick. Yeah. Which is cereal and Mickey. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. Cereal and Super Wings. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised. Me too. Me too. That was a curveball. Yeah. That he threw to all of us. All right, everybody. Uh, anything else, story before we jump into what all uh, our listeners are listening about? Um, no, I just want to remind everyone to subscribe to my newsletter, dory.substack.com. Now you're talking. Now we're talking. Now you're talking about now we're talking. Mm-hmm. So, subscribe. Subscribe at substack.dory slash com. Yep. Go. What's the actual URL? It's dory.substack.com. Oh, it wasn't that far off. It looked to me like I was crazy. <laughs> well, I just said the URL, so I was wondering oh, why you... Why did I do that? I don't know, yeah. I tried to just, you know, you really pump it home, you know? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it's like, you know how they always say, it? enter the promo code and then spell it out. And, and then repeat it. Yeah. Yeah. So, subscribe to Dory's newsletter. Now we're talking at D O R E E dot sub S U B S T A C K dot Shafrir. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Not dot Shafrir. Um, all right. We're going to take a short break and we will BRB. We'll be right. Yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. 
I mean, Bombus can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like you know uh, stripes on the top of it. it's like oh hey look at me i'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person they've got those too and they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff you know if for all you frill seekers out there folks all i'm saying is you heard me talk about bombas for years now i don't know why you haven't done anything about it get comfy this spring and give back with bombas head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Yeah. All right, we're back. Hello, everybody. Um, Lots happening. Lots of people writing in. It feels like that week where we had one email it's in our rear view mirror, honey. It sure does. Um, we appreciate everyone who wrote in, who called in, who texted. You're what keeps this podcast going. Mostly. Um, all right. This first, oh, and just a reminder, you can email us at Matt at Gmail or Matt and Dory at Gmail and call or text us at 413-461-BABY. Substack.baby. Dot net. Okay. This first email is from Jen. Jen says, I just finished episode 100 and decided I would celebrate by writing you an email. I thought it would be fun to make some predictions about where you are now since I'm still in Matt and Dory 2018 world. Oh, man. What a time. Okay. You ready for these predictions? Thank God. I hope they're okay. Number one, you had a son named Henry Shmuley Shafrira. Very close. Congratulations. Two, Matt has hired a production assistant for help editing and posting episodes. He hired your Mm -hmm. beloved dog sitter and she hired Bo as her assistant. Oh, that'd be amazing. Bo requires his own office, so he took over Matt's office, sold all the guitars, and spent the profits on treats. Oh, Bo, why would you do that? Dory continues to organize all episodes and keep Matt on track. Dory reads this email, thinks it's cute, and puts it in the next episode. Whoa, that was clairvoyant. Mm -hmm. Yep. Three, two guests you have secured on the show include Dr. Beck and the Disney food blog lady. Oh, what a what a dream it would be if I could just have seven minutes to knock some sense into AJ. Disney has updated their menu based on feedback from this show. Four, Matt has gone back to school for interior design with a specific interest in jerk-off rooms. He will write his thesis on this topic, which leads to my question, have jerk-off rooms improved between 2018 and 2022? I cannot predict the answer to this one. I will say yes, they have. Thanks mostly to the lighting. Same room, but it's not a giant fluorescent light anymore. Five, CFP has fired the office manager who began charging for a valet and instructing her staff to ask for $7 after the credit card has been run for (laughs) $5,000. CFP now has a punch card. When you park 10 times, you get your 11th park free. That would be amazing. Six, you did not retire at episode 100 per Matt's earlier prediction. You may consider retiring after episode 1,000. That's true. I've listened to 100 episodes in about six months. At this rate, I will be up to date by winter 2023. You'll be up to date sooner. People think that the 300 whatever is... The numbering's a little off on the podcast. Yeah. Because of our switch over to season two. Right. So I think it's like 60 episodes it's confusing. less than it, than it looks like. Um, special shout out to my friend J-Lo, not the famous one, the one from St. Louis, who mentioned this podcast to me. Who knew secondary infertility was a thing? I sure didn't until it happened to me. 
I start my second round of IVF this week and will hope for better results as round one resulted in nothing. Thank you for doing your show as I've learned so much and really enjoy listening to the two of you. Jen, thank you for the email. I like I like a creative email uh, sent by someone who decides let's have some fun. And uh, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I'm glad that you only got, let's see, what did you get right? Shmuley, you got that right. <laughs> and you couldn't predict the answer to jerk off rooms. So you got one and a half things right. Yep. Nicely done. Okie dokie. Moving on to Heather, who writes, I'm pausing the pod to write in. I wanted to offer a counterpoint to all the PGT talk. I was concerned about discarding aneuploid embryos and asked my RE about mosaics. The lab my clinic uses is iGenomics. He said that iGenomics used to report mosaics, and now they have a threshold of mosaics. With this new system, most embryos are classified into, t- into normal or abnormal. Anything that is a true mosaic is listed. I'm assuming low level. Those mosaics would be the ones with the greatest chance. They also report inconclusive as well. I found this information to be very helpful. I just want to pause. This is Dory talking. Um, Cooper, I think, is like essentially, well, I guess they are still reporting mosaics. They're just not differentiating between high and low. Okay, back to the email. Um, I've used PGT testing as a way to rule out variables, dealing with unexplained and uterine fibroids that shouldn't cause a problem. They did and have now been removed. Because I've done so many tests, PGT, ERA, Alice, Emma, SIS, HSG, MRI, Whoa. I have a better window into what is causing failure. I'm also trying to use my insurance rounds wisely. So thanks. So thankful for the insurance. My insurance counts the lifetime max three rounds based on transfer, not retrieval. So I do not want to waste transfers on non-viable embryos. I also think that it is a good way to sidestep a little of the immense amount of pain involved with IVF. I'm four retrievals in, about to do my fifth, and I've only had three euploids. I know the pain of the one we lost, and I cannot imagine if I'd gone through that with all the other five aneuploid embryos. The other two normals are on ice. I see the appeal of wanting to transfer any embryo that could work, but the way I see it is that it is too time-consuming and painful. I trust the doctor and the science we have now with the rest of the IVF process, so I will trust the PGT now. I can only work with the information I have. On a side note... Did DKB not want to move forward with six follicles because of Matt's sperm or just the follicle count? I never make more than six to eight, and I'm about to turn 37. I've made three normals, so not what I would count as clinically hopeless. Just curious. I also want to say that I think the choice to test or not is so personal, and I wish you the best of luck on your next transfer. Heather, in 12 to 1,500 square feet in Portland, Maine, one bite of my husband's pretzel dog and one beef in a blanket from Rose Foods, our local Jewish appetizing shop, both of which I know do not count. My husband and I are aspiring black lab owners, but currently have no pets. <laughs> That's funny. I've always been an aspiring black lab owner. I That's true. Um, so, yeah. So she didn't want to move forward with six follicles because of my age. Because at my age... Dory's 73. I'm 73 years old. Um, and therefore... She carries herself like a 50, though, so... Oh, thank you. Um, so, so having six follicles at 37 is different than having six follicles at 44. Because at 37, you have a better chance of those follicles being normal than at my age. Also, with like the added complication of Matt's sperm not being great... It just was like it's better. Not, it's better. 
Um, it was just not like, uh, just not a great combo. Um, so yeah. So thank you for your email. All right. We have a septum update update from Kelsey. It's a double update. Yep. And she wrote in to say, so on March 26th, my water broke and I went into labor with our son. I experienced 10 hours of labor and pushed for over two hours, but had our son vaginally and unmedicated. Oh boy. The only complication was my placenta wouldn't detach. So I had to have it manually removed, which the doctor said was likely because of my septum. We have a healthy, happy two week old baby. Definitely worth all the worry. Congratulations. Congrats. Kelsey. That's exciting. Disengage the placenta. Uh, um yeah congrats that's very exciting okay we have a voicemail with a a question hi matt and dory my name is casey and i am a longtime listener of yours uh doing idf myself now and planning some trips and i had a couple questions about it um my first question is we're going to costa rica just before our transfer and i didn't realize how many meds we needed to take uh has anyone ever traveled to a uh, more rural area with the refrigerated meds how did you do this was it stressful etc and second has anyone ever stayed at a place like a hot springs resort and tried to wear an estrogen patch am i crazy is this gonna work um my second question is is if this transfer works, I've got a family reunion planned in Mexico when I would be 34 weeks pregnant. Uh, should I plan to attend this family reunion or what? should I plan not to? It's going to be like a five-hour flight or so from where we live. <laughs> what is happening? And I'm just not sure if that's doable when you're 34 weeks pregnant. Uh, but again, if the transfer doesn't take and I'm not planning to go to my family reunion, I would be pretty bummed out. Uh, so let me know what you guys think. I'd be really curious to hear about it. And thank you so much for what you guys do making the podcast. Have a good day. Bye. I have, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, How long has this Costa Rica trip been booked? Because I don't, I don't know how easy it's going to be to keep refrigerated meds refrigerated in Costa Rica. I mean, not in Costa Rica, like on the travel. I personally portion. would either um, delay, your round. delay your round or um, I guess delay your trip if that's something you felt comfortable with. I don't think this is a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea for a couple of reasons, mostly involving the ability to keep, A, to travel borders with ridiculous amounts of medication. Um, you know, with flight rules, what they are with liquids and all this shit, then they have to keep have to keep it refrigerated. Like, how long is the van ride or whatever from the airport in Costa Rica to wherever you're staying? Also, like, there's just so many points where things could go wrong. Yes, that like it seems so stressful to me. The other thing is, what about the monitoring? Like, you usually, I don't know how long you're planning on being in Costa Rica, but like you usually can't just like disappear for like the week before your transfer. Right. (laughs) So I would, I would honestly delay the transfer. Yeah, I would too. Another cycle. I just wait another, just wait another month. Like what's a, what's a big deal. And then if you do that, you'll be 
30 months pregnant. 30 weeks. Sorry, 30 weeks pregnant, rather, for the Mexico trip, which is a more travelable um, situation. I, I. But then again, you run the risk of going into labor in Mexico. This is the problem. If you said I'm going to another Boca. S- if I said I'm going to Boca at 30 or 34 weeks, I would say, okay. Like I went to South by Southwest. I think I was 33 and a half weeks or something. Yeah, but also you went and stayed with your sister. I went and stayed with my sister. Austin has great medical facilities that I, you know, that my insurance, co- like I was, I felt like God forbid something goes wrong, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I would not want to be in a foreign country Mexico or anywhere else where I'm not familiar with the doctors. I might not even speak the language. What's going on with insurance? Like, there's just like, oh my God, that seems like very, very stressful to me. Um, The other thing is like, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, you get pregnant and you have an uncomplicated pregnancy. But guess what? You might not. Like, you might have a complicated pregnancy where your doctor is like, you're not getting on a plane. Right. Like, we need to be monitoring you. Or your doctor's like, you got to get on a plane. It's the only way you're going to have this baby. <laughs> um, so I, 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 I personally would buy travel insurance if you are like hell bent on booking this. 100%. Um, and, you know, and make sure that travel insurance covers pregnancy related medical issues because I believe not all of them do. And COVID. And COVID. Um, Because we could be in the thralls of a worldwide lockdown. (laughs) Right. Although Mexico was like one of the few countries that like never closed its borders. So, you know, Mexico probably. There's a reason James Taylor sang about it. Oh, here's another thing that could happen. You could get COVID in Mexico and then be stuck in Mexico and not allowed back into the U.S. without a negative COVID test. I mean, there's a lot of things (laughs) that can go wrong. And, you know, are we being alarmist? Probably. But that's just because... um, We care about you. The risks and the rewards. That's all we got to think about here. Risk versus reward. Yeah. That's all. Make your life a little easier. Make your life a little easier. I mean, both of these... And by all means... Maybe delay it like three cycles. Like wait three, you know, periods of time before you do this transfer. That way you're less pregnant. Oh. You've enjoyed Costa mm. Rica. Because mm-hmm. I got to tell you, that estrogen patch is not staying on in a hot spring. Mm. Yeah. That was the last part of your question. <laughs> and then like having to deal, it sounds like you're doing... um shots that have to be refrigerated and like do you want to be dealing with those on your nice vacation in costa rica or do you want to be like listening to little john singing shots 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 but actually drinking (laughs) then i would wait (laughs) um all right so that's where we fall on the on these questions i was looking at dory while this call was happening like wait what (laughs) yeah yeah all right, we have another question about um, how to navigate pregnancy, some pregnancy questions. So here we go. 
A. Matt and Dory. It's Phoebe in Boston. Uh, I wrote in back in January looking for some advice on how to make friends in Boston. Uh, first off, I just want to thank you for the great advice. I've joined the Forever 35 Facebook group and a few hiking and meetup groups that uh, other eggheads recommended. And even though I haven't met up with anyone in person yet, I feel like I have a community where I can ask for local advice, and that's huge. Uh, plus, I'm leading a hike for a bunch of randos this weekend at Lynn Woods. So I'm uh, nice. making, making some strides. Thank you. Um, when I wrote in, I was only listening to your back catalog, but I'm listening to new episodes now and catching up. So I'm up to episode 44. Uh, I still don't know why everyone writes in about their square footage, who they live with, how many hot dogs they've eaten <laughs> this year. But I have a serious question related to that. I'm happy to report our frozen embryo transfer that we did in March stuck, and I am six weeks pregnant. Yay! But I feel like I'm finding both sides of this argument on the Internet, and I need you to settle a debate for my husband and I. Are hot dogs okay for pregnant women to eat? I am craving one, uh, and I'm in the pro-dog camp, but my husband thinks I should not eat them. But that would be 34 weeks without hot dogs, with baseball season coming up and going to games at Fenway. I don't think it's possible to not have a hot dog for 34 weeks. There is a Costco literally directly across the street from our IVF clinic in Waltham, and I would really like to treat myself uh, after our ultrasound next week when I get discharged from IVF care. I'm already giving up booze and turkey subs and most of my caffeine. Do I have to give what? up turkey hot dogs subs? too? Uh, so please tell me, what do you think I should do? To hot dog or not to hot dog? Uh, love the pod. Love you guys. Keep up the amazing work. Thanks. First of all, the Fenway Frank is a KM natural casing dog. It's a delicious hot dog, and they're steamed. Are they at the right temperature? I would say they're probably at a temperature that is more than uh, adequate to uh, stave off any uh, things that aren't there because um, no one wants to get sued less than the Boston Red Sox. Okay, so I did some research on this. And on a website called PregnancyFoodChecker.com. I, actually, I almost bought that URL. So <laughs> they, they address this topic. And they say pregnant women can eat hot dogs if cooked to an internal temperature of 165 degrees Fahrenheit and are steaming hot when served. Boom. Grilling and microwaving are good ways to cook hot dogs to eliminate the risk of listeria. Lukewarm or uncooked hot dogs are not safe in pregnancy. I mean, this might be overkill. But I would bring a meat thermometer with you. That is overkill. Don't listen to my wife. Don't be a fucking weirdo. Because, like, how else are you really going to know? What if you get a hot dog and it seems hot, but then you you test it and it's 125 degrees? That's 40 degrees don't, too cold. Don't buy it from the vendor walking around. Get up, go to the concourse, and buy one right there from the steamer. And make sure it's steaming hot. It's fine. Um, Women have been eating hot dogs at baseball games for 120 years. I know I have a friend of a friend who got listeria when she was pregnant. Not from hot dogs. Friend of a friend, everybody. From string cheese. Incident, the concert. She went to a string cheese incident (laughs) concert. And it was not pretty. Like, I think listeria is not a thing you want to get. So. I loved um, Desperate Housewives. That's where they lived, right? (laughs) Listeria Lane. Yeah. I made her laugh. Like I said at the beginning, I got her. That's funny. I got her with a pun. Uh, you know I love a pun. All um, right. So anyway, long story short, Costco dog, those are fucking piping hot. End of sentence. Like that is Again, they do not want to get sued. Yeah, they are too hot. It's ridiculous. So I would say thumbs up on a Costco dog. Plus they're all beef. So 
you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and the Fenway Frank, buy it at the concourse. Don't get it from the Ven, the guy. That's Ven. a that's actually a really good call that I would not have like really thought about. Well, I, I, luckily, I, one of us thinks about hot dogs all the time, and it's me. It is you. All right, everybody. Uh, lots of food talk, lots of travel talk. Who knows what's next? Find out after this short break. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And we're back. Anyone else asking what to eat? No, we're done with that portion of the podcast. Fantastic. This is Melinda writing in now. Hi, Dory, Matt, Henry, and Bo. I'm writing after catching up on the podcast and returning from a two-week trip to D.C. with our 13-year-old. Traveling gets easier when they're older. Not easy, just easier. Anyway, the discussion of adoption and Matt's old view of it were interesting to me because of a book I read in the trip, the book uh, American Baby. Oh, the Dave Matthews song? By Gabriel Glazer. It's a beautiful heart-rending... Heart-rending? Never heard of that. Wrenching? Um, I think you can say heart rending. What does that mean? Con- contextualize it. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm in the midst of the gun. Con- heart rending, uh, causing great sadness or distress. There you go. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's see, see. Sometimes even I have to look things up, but I'm a quote-unquote writer. Uh, adoption in America in post World War II baby boom. It's very reminiscent of the type of adoption Matt reference where adoptive families never met or even really knew much about the birth parents and are, uh, were often even lied to about their birth parents, the birth parents and the situation. Often, the birth parents were coerced in various ways into surrendering their infants essentially against their wishes and laws, sealing birth records, kept adoptees from finding out their birth families for so many decades in many states. It's part of American history that I hadn't known a lot about and I highly recommend to anyone interested in learning more. It's great to see laws changing, perspectives shifting, and options opening up for folks in challenging situations to be able to be better supported, though I know we still have a long way to go. That's all for now. Quick side note. Love all the randomness of the podcast, from the hot dog counts to the Disney tips to the Great British Bake Off. You do, you, and we'll keep listening and loving. That's Melinda in Maine. Who has the blacksmith shop? Jealous. Thank you, Melinda. Um, yes, my view of adoption comes from the 1940s, <laughs> the late 40s, early 50s. Okay, so it's, it's time to be kind of uh, educated. Well, you know, I was born 100, so. That's true. <laughs> um, all right. Can't get there from here. We heard from Melissa about embryo adoption. We have one science baby with both of our genetics and one science baby via embryo adoption. We had the option after baby number one to pursue another round of IVF 
but due to my husband's dumb sperm and my prematurely aging eggs, our chances were pretty low. Finances also played a large part. We did go through an adoption agency that our clinic frequently works with, and we overall had a great and smooth experience. The upsides were we were guided through every step and given a clear outline of expectations. We went through a rigorous process of our must-haves and wants for our future embryo. The agency provided required education to ensure we understood all aspects of the adoption process. Mm. The long and short, we went into the process wanting a closed adoption and discovered the upside to an open adoption. We had to look at it from our prospective child's point of view. What if they wanted to know where they came from? They needed to know they had full blood siblings for multiple reasons. What if they had a genetic medical issue? It was a lot to take in and we knew this was the best choice for our family. The process took almost a year to complete. We were matched with families that had similar profiles. It was great because the family could ask questions of us and vice versa before the decision was made. We were blessed with an amazing family that had one single embryo left, which ended up being our daughter. The donor family has been wonderful and supportive through both pregnancy and our daughter's first year of life. They are never intrusive and respect our boundaries. We were able, we were also able to connect with another family that adopted their other embryo. We are dispersed throughout the United States. So we set up zoom get togethers so we can see all the kiddos and catch up. When my three-year-old asks who these people are, we now call them family. I know not every adoption story ends up this way, but I cannot say how amazing this experience has been. Thanks, Melissa, in 1,800 square feet in Frisco, Texas, with a three-year-old science baby, a 10-month-old science baby, one old and cranky dachshund, and an energetic mix bow. No hot dogs for our family yet, but summer is coming. I mean, I can't even be bothered to get out of Zoom with my real family. That's true. This sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> uh, Hello, strangers. <laughs> yep. Well. Wow, yeah, she's spitting up now. Uh-huh. Okay, we'll see ya. Oh, you want to sit here and talk about more mundane things? Uh, okay. <laughs> well, she's sleeping through the night. That's good. You are such a curmudgeon. <laughs> Just like... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I say that, and then I'll be the most charming person on the Zoom. Mm-hmm. And everybody will want to be my friend. Mm-hmm. So I can't even go to a park, you know? I'll just make a friend. You did make a friend yesterday. <sighs> I did. You know, it's like, I feel like, and, and not to be like total, totally gender normative, but like, Men just strike up conversations based around sports. Uh, that is a true. That's a truism in a sense. Like I've said, to, I've I've deliberately not worn a Red Sox hat in situations where I didn't want to be talked to. Yeah, because you know, if you wear a Red Sox hat, someone is either a Red Sox fan or like a Yankees right. fan, and like this. But that's like the thing that like you have to understand, like with your sports love, you you're wearing a hat of a team. Is like, uh, you know, it's like you're 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 gonna get asked to a Sadie Hawkins dance. It's like I I, I okay I guess someone will talk to me. I think that's true if you're wearing a hat of an out of town team. I think if you're wearing a Dodgers hat, no one's gonna strike up a conversation with you. Well, that's because there are no real Dodger fans. Mm. Folks. <laughs> wow. Just kidding. I would argue that mostly the Latino Mexican population of Los Angeles is they're they're dying the little true Los Angeles Dodgers fans. Mm. The rest of LA they're just like fair weather. 
Wow. Yeah. I know some people who would who would argue that with you. Oh, whatever. Who? Spiegelman? Yep. Uh, my friend Zan. Xander Bogarts? Well, her real name is Alexandra, but she's a she's a true Dodgers fan. Interesting. How does she feel about the Freeman signing? I have no idea. Exactly. I haven't talked to her about it. Exactly. Because if she was a real fan, she'd call you about it. Well, we're not that close. Look at this Freeman signing. I can't believe it. We're just spending money like it's nobody's business. <laughs> just uh, kidding. Just kidding. You know who spends a lot of money? The Red Sox. So mm, I get that's it. That's true. But no one spends as much money as the Dodgers. Isn't that crazy? That is kind of crazy. Hmm. Third oldest ballpark in baseball. Dodger Stadium? Dodger Stadium. Fenway, Wrigley, Dodger Stadium. Really? Yes. Because everyone else has just built new stadiums. Correct. Huh. Yeah. I never knew that. Well, now you do. There's a lot of history there. I really, I really like Dodger Stadium. I have been there. I just think like the setting up on the hill, with Look, the palm I'll, trees, if, if, it's it's such a beautiful setting. If I go to a Dodger game and they're not playing the Red Sox, I'll wear a Dodger hat. I'll support the home crowd, cheer for Mookie Betts, etc. Do you think we should take Henry to a baseball game this year? Yeah, but we'd have to get on the freeway. It's big. What, what, did we, what, did he, what were we talking about today, he and I? Oh, I asked if he ever wanted to go to the golf course with me. And he said, yeah. Um, and then he's like, um, is that do we have to take the freeway? And I was like, Yeah, it's on the freeway. Why? I was like, It's just quicker to get there that way. He's like, What else is on the freeway? And I was like, Well, we, to get to a baseball game, we have to take the freeway. He goes, Yeah. Well, today he's been he's rediscovered this um board book about New York that my friend Erica gave us when he was born, and um he's been talking about going to New York. Yesterday, he told Matt that he wants to go to New York when he's 10. Well, he said maybe maybe uh, 10 or 9. Uh, and he goes, and I was like, well, maybe 3 next year. He's like, yeah, how long would that be? I was like, when you're until till you're 9? That'd be 6 years. He's like, oh, it's a long time. <laughs> well, and then today, he we got to the last page, and there's like a... There's like the Brooklyn Bridge and like the skyline. He's like, when we go, when we go to there, and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll go this year. I don't know. And he's like, mm, "Henry, go when you're three. <laughs> and he like held up three fingers. Yeah. And I was like, "Okay." And then he goes, uh, "We have to take the freeway." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, we have to get on a plane to get there." And he was like, "Why?" I was like, "Cause it's really far." And he was sort of like, "Hmm." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he doesn't want to go now. I don't know. He seemed really excited. Yeah, but the idea of getting on a freeway seems to always do him in. He's like, no. Yeah, I guess. Um, anyway, that was an interesting way to get there. On We talked about the Zoom get-togethers, and then we ended up down that path. Um, okay, so we got another email about donor embryos. This is from the perspective of someone who decided not to donate embryos. Mm. Um, first... <sighs> They give some background. I had IVF 10 years ago because one, my husband and I got married when I was 36 and he was 55. And so we wanted twins to get it done in one go. And I wanted them to pick my older husband's best swimmers. Don't judge. We live in LA. So even 10 years ago, they did this. 
Two, neither of us had kids from our previous marriages and hadn't had any accidental pregnancies from marriages or relationships, so we figured we were subfertile. All the tests showed we weren't, but we wanted the twins and the good sperm, so did it anyway. Anyway, round one, we got 12 embryos, of which 10 were 5 or 4 AA grade and 2 AB grade. We didn't want to know the sex of the embryos as we wanted some element of chance in the process, but ended up transferring two four double A's as we read five double A's are more likely to be boys. And we, I, wanted twin girls. Hmm. Never heard that before, but mm-hmm. the transfer resulted in twin girls born at 38 weeks, weighing six pounds each. We were very happy, but what to do with the 10 frozen? We figured they'd have a decent chance of becoming babies after our IVF success, but we couldn't have all 10. So we're going to have to discard or donate some. In SoCal, you can keep the embryos 10 years. So we decided to revisit it in a couple of years. My husband had a vasectomy when our girls turned one. We started having contraception-free sex after 11 weeks and got pregnant the first week. Seriously. The whole one and done thing was for nothing. We had a third daughter one year, 10 months after the twin girls. Watching the three of them over the subsequent five years made the decision about the embryos obvious. The bond our three girls have is so strong and they're so obviously from the same genetics and personality and looks, I couldn't live peacefully knowing there are more of them out there not included in our family. They are bonded as genetic sisters in a way I am to my sister. I could imagine finding out I have more sibs out there I didn't know well. I could I think I think this person means I couldn't imagine finding I had more sibs out there I didn't know well and didn't share memories mm-hmm. with. So the 10 embryos went in the trash after 7 years and I feel bad but no if they were donor eggs or sperm I think we would have donated. Seeing my my husband in our girls makes them ours and I feel like I'd be giving away my children if I donated our embryos. Um I mean I feel you. Makes sense. Look, everything everyone's saying about this makes sense. These are all these are all perspectives based in in in, in uh, feeling. Totally, and I think that's ultimately the takeaway. It's like these are all very personal decisions, and there's no one right decision for everybody. Although I would say whatever my decision is, it's probably the right one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Okay. Um. All right. Well, thank you for writing in with your perspective. Dory, I'm curious about micropolyps. Oh, well, guess what? We have a voicemail what? about them. I know. Okay, here we go. Hey, guys. Um, wanted to call in with a couple of things. I've been listening since, what, 2018? So um, thank you for all that you guys do. Um First and foremost, actually, I called for something else, but I should say the caller or the the writer who said that you didn't read her comment for Disney should listen to your uh, voicemail when someone calls in and you clearly mention that we might read it on the podcast. So technically, <laughs> you're not entitled. Even non-technically, you're not Fine entitled. Fine, Britt. Anyway. Thank you. Uh, the reason I called in, and I would hate to be cut off, the reason I called in is for the listener who was talking about hysteroscopy. Um, I'm a week late listening to your episode, so she might have gotten many other answers, but I did have micropolyps, and my Ari was not a very aggressive Ari, and she said that micropolyps should be fine, and we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't do a hysteroscopy to remove them. However, we did a transfer of an untested TGS embryo, and it didn't take. 
uh, and then we did a transfer of a tested PGS embryo, and that didn't take. At that point in time, she suggested that we do a hysteroscopy, not for the polyps, but just to see what's going on, what's going on in there, um, and to check for endometritis and other stuff. At that point in time, she did remove the polyps because, of course, I was put under, so she thought this is the best time to remove the polyps. Um, I ended up having endometritis, not endometriosis, but endometritis. Um, that was diagnosed through that hysteroscopy. Uh, and then my next transfer of a PGS-tested embryo did work. So I don't know whether it was the endometritis or the micropolyps that didn't uh, make the initial transfer work, um, but just wanted to kind of call in and talk about the micropolyps. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to mention. Yes, on the scheduling of C-section, I've called in before, and I never agree with Matt on most of the things, but <laughs> I did schedule my C-section, and I am so glad I did it. I was just, I think my anxiety was through the roof. Um, the doctor could try, made me try a normal delivery. She kind of left it on me, and I could have tried it. But I knew deep down in my gut that it might not work and that would not be great. Um, and I scheduled it. And I I think that's – I am a person who regrets everything in her life. But this is one thing that I do not regret. I do not regret. This was the best decision I made. Um, and then – oh, one more thing. Uh, I would never put um, wet clothes with dry clothes. <laughs> that's and where she that's, got cut off well look it's like I agree with that on one thing except for this other <laughs> um, I thought this had a lot of good information in thank it. you for calling in yep. and for seeing at least one of the ways I think about things <laughs> as also correct um, okay Julia yes. wrote in to say with y'all taking steps to conceive a second child have y'all thought about any items slash products, et cetera, that you would want to try out that maybe even made it onto Dory's list and or any items that did not make it on the list? What list? Uh, follow up. <laughs> what list? <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to know what list. I mean, maybe she means my Amazon. Like on, my, on Amazon, I have some like, I have like a sh Amazon shop of products that I recommend. Dono's baby buys. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Or like my registry. Um, the only thing that I think I would do, well, I, I wish we had done our strollers differently, but it's like kind of too late, I think, to like, I don't know that I want to invest in a whole other stroller system if we were to have another kid. Well, I mean, the the Vista, Upper Baby Vista is not going to make it. Yeah, listen. We'll need to get another one. We, if you're thinking about getting the Upper Baby Vista, here's my advice. I mean, be easy on it. Don't. <laughs> be easy on it. And, you know. Yeah, for a $900 stroller, be easy on it. I mean, it's just like. It, it, hey, sometimes things are delicate. A stroller should not be delicate, especially at that price. In fairness to them, their warranty program was good about replacing things that needed to get replaced. Yes. the entire frame. Including twice. Four wheels. <laughs> and the cover. The cover. <laughs> and his seat. And the arm. 
Essentially, it's like um, the ship of Theseus, where it's not even the same stroller it's anymore. Really or not. is it? Like, it's a philosophical debate. Mm. If you replace every piece of wood on the boat, is it the same boat? Mm. Or just by name, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So that's something that I would not get. But other than that, I don't know. It, that also seems like, you know... Um, a lot of like Jewish people don't talk about the baby like before it's born because they don't want to like invite the evil eye talking about like what I will or won't have on my list of things to get before we've even like started a transfer that that really feels like like jinxing things I think this was less about that and more about like in hindsight you know well, yes. Okay. And also, it, advice to others. Sure. I mean, well, then in hindsight, I I would not have gotten the um, Vista. Or would you have gotten a Jeep? <laughs> no, I think what I would have gotten, like a pram. Well, there's this there's a stroller called the Duna, that is a stroller that like folds into a car seat. That's interesting. Um, now you can only use it until like when they're babies, it's an infant seat. So you can really only use it till they're like 10 months old. But I think for that period of time, it's very convenient. So that, that would be one thing that I would probably like look into. Um, the other thing that I think I would look into is possibly the baby Zen yo-yo and the Nuna Pippa light or the Nuna Pippa car seat. All right. Pippa. Um, Boy, Henry is really like just living his best life today. He really is. He tricked Holly into taking him back out for breakfast. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. Um, Remember a few, a couple weeks, a few weeks ago, we heard from a listener who didn't know whether to throw her son a second birthday party? Yes. Well, we heard from her. Oh, good. Hi, Pat and Dory. So... I meant to write this a couple weeks ago, um, you know, possibly because you might have said that not a lot of people have been writing in, but I had a question. Um, This is kind of related to Henry, um, you know, turning three years old soon, but what do we do? Like, this is a legit question. My son is going to be two at the end of March, and, you know, we obviously didn't really get to celebrate his first birthday, and... We also live in a new state, so like we don't really have a lot of friends and family because you know we moved to when is this from another state in she just 2021, sent this in. so there wasn't really a lot of opportunity to meet people. But you know, like he does go to daycare, so obviously there's some this kids that he knows there. Um, and wait, <laughs> said that her son's birthday Sorry. is going to be at the end of March. Hold on, did I play the wrong thing? This is a this is not an update. This is the first one. Okay, wait. Sorry, here it is. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Irina Sorry from Denver that. calling. I'm the one Whew. that asked about that how to have crazy. a kid's second birthday party, considering that, you know, we've been living in this pandemic and I wasn't really sure what to do. So I wanted to thank you guys for your advice and thank the callers that um, gave their insights recently. So I will say to the person that doesn't really like to go to birthday parties and RSVPs know, I think that's totally cool. And if that's your thing, that's awesome. Um, 
I'm, however, a really, really big party person. I'm an extrovert. And I just thought in this case, especially that it would be a really good way to meet, you know, other parents in my daycare because I haven't really met anyone since, you know, for most of this past year, we've been wearing masks and then we really just recently took them off. Um, and, you know, it's still awkward because I think no one really wants to like hang out and chat in the hallways and like indoors and stuff. But um yeah, so basically what we ended up doing is I, you know, went old school and bought like little paper invitations on Amazon according to our theme, which was Sesame Street. And um, yeah, I just like filled them out and had uh, my son's teachers put them in all the, you know, like the kids cubbies so that the parents would get them. And it went really, really well, like really well um i had uh nine people out of 13 um wow. actually out of 15 rsvp and one did have to bail kind of last minute because the mom ended up getting covid um the, like literally the day before classic twenty. yeah so like eight of the families came um my husband who's an introvert was really nervous but he remarked that like there was a lot more dads than he thought and you know it was just like really nice to get together with everyone and have something nice to look forward to. And honestly, like a lot of the moms um, were really, really grateful. And I'd actually, what I asked for in terms of RSPs, I just said, you know, for people to text me. And so I've, you know, been able to chat with some of the moms now that I have everyone's phone numbers. And it like, everyone was pretty much like, oh my God, the past years have been hard. And like, it's so nice for you to do this. And yeah, like it's it's really exciting. I think everyone really had a good time. We just had it this past uh, Saturday, and yeah, like everyone had a good time. The playground was fun. The kids were all super shy in the beginning, which is kind of funny since they spend five days a week together. But you know, I had little mini cupcakes and cookies and fruit and some you know juice and water bottles and like pretzels and stuff. And everyone had a really good time, I think. And I'd even put on the invitations that like. We didn't really want gifts, but people were welcome to like bring a book. And so my son got a lot of books, but also plenty of people brought gifts, which I felt kind of bad about because that was really not my intention. I really just wanted to like have fun with people. But, you know, it was really sweet. And, you know, the sense I got is that I was kind of like the first parent to like, you know, be ballsy and do this. And everyone was like really greedily grateful to connect. And I actually now got the idea that I'm going to put together like a parent email chain so that we can all stay in touch in case anyone wants to like, you know, do play dates or go to the park again together or go to the zoo as a group or something. Like, I don't know, I feel like it like this is maybe what people did beforehand, you know, in order to connect with other parents. I don't know. I'm just kind of winging it. But it went great and I'm really happy. Um and I just wanted to send you an update because I'm extremely embarrassed that I didn't put my stats at the end of my last voicemail. Ah. So, yeah, well, here goes. This is Irina in Denver living in a 1,348 feet specifically square foot house, which mm -hmm. I just learned because of taxes and deducting my home office. Nice. Um, with a husband, a just turned two year old, a very active border collie, and two cats who are both. A little crazy and no hot dogs for us this year because we're vegetarians obviously they don't count all right thanks Correct. thank you i'm so glad the party turned out well yeah would have been very sad if you called in to tell me no one showed up
No, it sounds but like instead, it was. It sounds like you're a social butterfly and you're going to start like a WhatsApp for the whole school. Um, I'm really glad that it went well. I'm happy for you guys. I am glad that it went well too. Now, honey, we, uh, I think we have time for maybe one more. Okay. Um, thank you to everyone who called in about laundry, but I think, we're <laughs> gonna, I think we're going to be done with this. If anyone out there agreed with me, please continue to write in. Otherwise. <laughs> um, okay. Someone did call into text in to recommend the show number blocks for Henry. And I believe we've gotten that recommendation before. So we will, we should try that out. He him. was really getting a kick out of the masters. Like when you were sleeping, mm-hmm. we were watching it together. Mm-hmm. He kept asking me how far they had to hit it. Oh, how far the hole was. Oh, Maybe he hit it three zero zero. Oh, how far you have to hit it? Aww. I was like, it's about twenty five feet, and he goes, "Yeah." Well, okay, we're going to end on this email from Chris, who says, "I just listened to your most recent episode where Matt mentioned having been a guest on Gilmore Guys. Kevin Porter has a new podcast called Good Christian Fun. Have either of you thought about being guests on the show?" <laughs> Matt Gorley was a guest in 2018. Okay, wait a second. You just said he has a new podcast. But he, Matt Gorley was a guest in 2018. It's newer than Gilmore Guys. Okay, I remember when Kevin was talking about doing this. Uh, I had dinner with him, and we were talking about the various. The uh, things that we remember from our childhood that are absurdly Christian and stupid. Um. All right. I think you two. You would. I think you'd be interesting guests. Also, I think Matt should be on. How did this get made? To talk about the movie Chappie. I mean, I've been on. How did this get made? Check the back catalog. Maybe you have heard of a movie called Batman and Robin or A View to a Kill. <laughs> been on a couple times. Uh, two hot dogs, beef with ketchup, mustard, and a generous amount of Valentina hot sauce, chopped onions, and sauerkraut. Yours, Chris. Interesting. P.S. I love the podcast. You lost me at ketchup, but then you got me back with mustard and onions and sauerkraut. So. Oh, okay. Look. Uh, thank you to Chris, and thank you to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash adventure, where they've said, hey, we support you guys. Keep making the show. Here's five bucks. Now give us some extra podcasts. And we say, okay. So thank you to the following Patreon supporters. Uh, Cryptomat. Cynthia Meisner. Danielle Nuchaforo. Dawn. Deanna McLean. Diana Robinson. Diana Martin. Dr. Beverly Crusher. Edwina Goodingham. Edwina Bor- Morgan Bodo. Eleanor Powell. Elizabeth K. Elizabeth Konami. Um, Ellen F. Emily F. Emily Harden. Aaron. Aaron Gudge. Aaron Turley. Evelyn Schmevelin. Frederick Roy. Port Nacelle Safety Systems Designer. <laughs> That's a reference to the Star Trek podcast. Uh, Freya. Uh, Gita Drury. Greta Truitt. Hillary Berry. Jackie G. Jane Ennis. Jen Brennan. Jenna Marie Nick Nelson. Jennifer Sika. Jennifer HS. Jennifer Steele. Jenny Fick. Jess Branch. Jesse Hendricks. Jessica Grigsby. Jessica Manolovich. Jesse Fisher. Jesse Labatty. Janon H. Joan. Josephine W. And Julie McLaren. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.